0: And welcome to episode 12 of ip From Home. We're, of course, live from the couch in my room. Mm-hmm. Today we have a special guest, Assistant Vice President of Strategic Services, our fearless leader, Ghislaine Darden. Ghislaine, thanks for coming on.
1: Well, thank you for asking me to be a, uh, a guest on the podcast, famous yeah. ip From Home podcast.
0: <laughs> yeah um okay so we have a few questions for you so with the new changes coming to to the university with like a new president coming in there's also going to be a changeover at the president's house so how is ipno involved in that process
1: well ipno is has uh, a lot of involvement as with any changeover of the residence hall or any faculty and staff uh, housing unit, we involve just about every IPNO group. We have the grounds folks involved. We have the faculty and staff housing folks involved, material services, uh, maintenance of course, identity access, REHS, the fire alarm bureau, and of course my office. Um, We, during, as with any uh, changeover, much like with our residence halls, when our dorms uh, get empty, when our um, faculty and staff housing uh, has a changeover, that's our opportunity to get into the, to the house, to the facility, and do a deep dive of maintenance, of inspections. We check fire alarms. We check the... Uh, the mechanical systems. We do uh, a more of a deep, thorough cleaning. We clean the rugs. We make clean upholstery. We, of course, take care of, uh, we perform our routine maintenance throughout the year to the house. But this is, this affords us an opportunity to get into the house when the, when the residents aren't there. And, and we always have to be mindful that much like the dormitories much like the faculty staff housing or the married student housing there are families and people who are living in these places so we can't uh just go into a dorm room or or the president's house without um some really good reason or unless we're called in to fix something address a problem but this is our opportunity in between residents uh, to get in paint, if need be, and and spruce up the 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 home or the room or the space for the next occupant.
2: Interesting. So as um, as President Barchi prepares to leave both the house and the university, um, IP&O recently gifted him a. Uh, a book that commemorates all of the capital projects that he oversaw while he was president of the university. Um, you want to tell us a little bit about that?
1: Yes, that started off as an idea, as a kind of a simple idea that maybe we should uh, list out all of the big projects that fell under his um, tenure, and there were over 30 uh, pretty substantial projects, whether they were extensive renovations or capital projects, and we thought it would be good to, to just put that together, give some photographs of the of the building, so it would be a keepsake uh, for his time here at, at Rutgers. Uh, he came here in 2012, in September, and a, a lot happened during these uh, many years. We, we, merged with umdnj we uh we grew in terms of staff and faculty and student numbers our community is close to a hundred thousand now so what what could we do that would commemorate um his his time here at rutgers university and i in my mind i envisioned just a nice little book of photographs of of what it what we accomplished. But uh, I brought it to, and that was in my mind. And uh, we then turned it over to you guys to come up with a book of some sort. We had put together a book of the commemorating the 250th uh, anniversary of the university, and um, it was a pretty simple project. It it just talked a bit about our historical uh, buildings, and it was in a much like the university commencement um, program. with was kind of a glossy paged. Um, I'm not even sure what you'd call them, but a like a pamphlet kind of a book. Mm-hmm. I never imagined that it would actually turn out into a book book, but I turned it over to you guys, and um, you guys came up with something entirely different. Instead of photographs, which would have been on hindsight, very boring, uh, you designed and you came up with this illustrative, uh, a a book of illustrations that uh, talked about, uh, you know, the inspiration for these uh buildings and and the sketches with a bit of color really kind of talked about the the evolution of the ideas behind the buildings and how they grew from pencil sketches into uh real bricks and mortar and um and Dr. Barchi was really a hands-on president when it came to the capital plan and capital construction. He really uh, put himself in there. He liked to be part of the the design process. He liked to be part of the the uh, planning efforts, and so this really put his stamp on it. And it and it and it showed and it explains. That he was really part of that planning, design effort, and um, and it and it kind of cements that in this book. And the book ended up being a really a real book. And unfortunately, I don't have any copies to sh- to display. But um, we have uh, provided Dr. Barchi with uh, copies of the books. I should have kept one to show you. But um, it's a beautiful. A book with a, a a black cover and and gold uh line drawings of the yard which was one of the buildings that um was constructed during his tenure so it's a beautiful volume and each uh capital project has a small description either uh in explaining the inspiration or explaining what it has, what it will mean to future students, or um, or a quote that really ties the building into uh, what what it really means, what the building will mean to generations of students that come to Rutgers University.
3: That's great. Um, so, in in preparation for for this. Uh, I've learned that apparently there's a pool adjacent to the president's house that uh, faculty and staff have access to, but apparently it's very close to the president's house. How did how did that come to be?
1: Yes, uh, the the pool that you're talking about is officially known as University Swim Association, Inc. <laughs> USAI, and that pool. Um, was the brainchild of the faculty and senior, senior, senior central administrative staff, as well as uh, President Mason Gross. Uh, in 1961, they, the faculty and senior staff, wanted a place where they could come and swim in the summer. It's an outdoor facility. And there was uh, really not much going on in the 60s on the Bush campus. It was, you had the stadium there, and you had uh, married student housing, you had uh, the engineering complex, there wasn't a whole lot going on. Hale Center wasn't there, the Visitor Center wasn't there. Uh, It was an isolated section of the campus, and they... Deciders, the decision makers at the time, decided that this little patch of land, which was kind of hidden and remotely tucked away, was an ideal spot for a community pool. The community, however, was only the faculty, very senior staff, and the president. And President Mason Gross thought it was a great idea, and um, and recommended that. Patch of land, which is very much adjacent to his home, Uh, and very a convenient walk from his front door to the pool. Um, A very short walk as well. So that uh, pool has been in existence since 1961. I I actually, it started. The concept was in 1961. It actually got built in 1963, and since that time staff has been allowed to join so now it's the faculty staff and some point uh during this history and it might have been in the 80s alumni were invited to become members of the pool so we now have um faculty staff alumni and we can now sponsor guests so if you are a member of the pool you can sponsor a, a f- another family or a couple or an individual. Uh, there are three types of memberships, and it continues to thrive uh, to this day. And it hasn't really changed a lot since 1963. Same <laughs> color scheme. The the uh, bathhouse is pretty much the same. Picnic areas, picnic groves. Not much has changed. Um, uh, and 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 it still has a very big connection to the president's house because because it's down in a ditch somewhat of you have to descend down a long flight of stairs to get access to the pool now if you are disabled or if you uh, need support to come down and you can't manage those stairs you actually have to drive into the president's driveway and go through the driveway and then come down the grass and drive over the grass to get to the pool. Drop off your passenger and then drive back up. So <laughs> it's still very much connected to the president's house. A legacy from Mason Gross. <laughs> 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 um, that's
2: funny. That's very funny.
1: Yeah. So, and uh, you know, my my kids, I became a member, my kids have grown up at that pool. A lot of uh, alumni, uh, faculty and staff are members. You'll see, you'll recognize people there. My kids have seen their professors there at the pool. So, and the president and uh, Dr. McCormick and his family were frequent members of the pool, uh, as well as Dr. Lawrence and his family, Dr. Lawrence, uh, had extended family living with him in the house, and uh, they were frequent users of the pool. So it's been a um, a community relaxing place for 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 all all members of our university community. That's
0: great. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's awesome. awesome. So is the
3: is is the pool something that the university maintains?
1: No, the pool is actually located on university grounds, but the pool itself is maintained by the university swim association members. Everyone pays a bond uh, and an application fee and then a membership fee. And it is a self-sustaining facility that is completely maintained by the membership. So the membership pays for the pool maintenance, the membership pays for the lounge chairs, the picnic tables, as well as all of the repairs that may need to happen to the infrastructure of the pool, the pump house, the pool house. Um, so no, the university is, it's just gracious enough to allow the pool to exist on the university property. Okay. Yeah.
0: Okay, we're gonna go into our last segment called the IPO from home zone. So what we've been doing here is uh, we've either been doing like trivia or just some sort of game, uh, but with you, since we're talking about you know the president's house and all these presidential things, the topic is gonna be U.S. presidents. <laughs> so here we go here's question one one u.s president has won the pulitzer prize which of these u.s presidents won it for his biography called profiles in courage was it a john f kennedy b franklin roosevelt c harry truman or d ronald reagan (laughs) <laughs> his biography profiles in courage. Uh,
1: John F. Kennedy.
0: That is correct. John Thank F. F. Kennedy, Kennedy nailed it. Won the Pulitzer Prize for his. Biography I can't cover for that. Church. Wow. Okay. <laughs> All, right, All right. Well, after well, a good start.
2: The good news is that um, I get to ask you a question I would never get right myself. So here we go. The term OK is credited to a U.S. president. Born in Kinderhook, New York, his nickname became Old Kinderhook or OK upon entering politics. Which of these presidents is it? Is it A. Calvin Coolidge, B. Abraham Lincoln, C. William Taft, or D. Martin Van Buren?
1: I believe it is A.
2: It is unfortunately not, Mr. Coolidge. It is Martin Van Buren, and that is okay to get that one wrong.
1: Yeah. I would have
2: never gotten that in a million years. Yeah, that was <laughs> no no, was no chance. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
2: All
3: right, let's let's see let's get let's get you two out of three here. All right, uh, U.S. Now U.S. presidents are limited uh, to two terms, but this wasn't always the case. Uh, one U.S. president actually served four terms. Which of these presidents served four terms? Was it William H. Harrison, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, Chester A. Arthur, or Millard Fillmore? Roosevelt. Two out of three, absolutely okay. correct. Two out of three.
1: Two
0: out
3: of three. Nice. Yeah. The, uh, yeah. Another correct answer is who was Millard Fillmore? <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah when we were looking at these the only one i was like i could definitely get the third one and then the other two i was like i would just be guessing (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: i think if if i'm not mistaken it was after roosevelt that the rules changed that's right could only serve two terms i believe Mm -hmm. but i could be wrong could be wrong yep that's right.
2: And that that rule is good, that rule is here to stay unless Paul becomes president, at which point there are no more rules. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no first term order of business. Ah.
2: No
0: more terms.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. Well that wraps up the IP and O from Home Zone. And I think that wraps up the podcast. So uh Giseline, thanks for coming on. Thank you, and we'll Giseline. give you we'll give you the thanks, last Giseline. word.
1: Well, thank you very much. And uh, going back to our president, next week we're going to say goodbye to Dr. Barchi and hello to Dr. Holloway. So it's going to be another transition for Rutgers University.
0: Exciting stuff. Very much. All right, everyone. Uh, Thanks for listening. And Celine, thanks for coming on. And we'll see you again next week.
1: Thank you.